All right. Welcome in. This is uh, Dog Central on a Thursday afternoon. I am Graham Coffee. I am joined today uh, by my good friend and compadre and co-host, uh, Mr. Josh Hancher, a.k.a. Dog Stats, coming to us from, I think, the best studio we've ever had on this show uh, today. Yeah, it's called the patio, but it is a nice day um, trying to keep the dogs from barking. They're looking at me at the door off camera, which is kind of hilarious. So. Thanks Brother. for having me. It's always we, we made it through week one, make, make zero week one. It's some freaking great games, some upsets. Mm. And I don't know about upsets, but I mean, we had some, yeah, some surprises. Oh, we had sure. some good. Yeah, like oh, I, I got immense pleasure out of watching Wyoming uh, take down Texas Tech in double overtime after a lightning delay. Yeah, like well, late night. Straight, yeah, straight degen stuff there. I was degening with the South Dakota State game because I'm in a pool with some friends, and we had South Dakota State with you know, basically it's just total points scored. So I was watching some crazy channel on, uh, late night myself. So it was it was fun, fun, fun weekend. Five straight days. We got the NFL tonight. Yeah, I think there's actually. Uh... I think Louisville plays Murray State tonight. I don't know if you can get action on that game. If you can, you're even sicker than I am, which, you know, <laughs> congratulations to you for that. That's saying a lot. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, like you said, fun week one. Um, we didn't do, like, a pick show last week. Honestly, uh, it's just week one's crazy because it's five straight days of football, like you said, and it's, it's kind of hard to get organized for it. And uh, I know me personally, like, I was kind of – reacting to certain things in real time like picks that i made on saturday and sunday i i probably was on a different spot on uh thursday but i i did pass out a lot of my stuff on uh dog central uh on the website you know over on the subscribers forum uh was three and one Thursday, Friday, and then I don't think I've told you this. I was zero and six in the noon slate on Saturday, and so it was looking pretty bleak. Yeah, it was looking pretty bleak, and then I closed the with the rest of the day. Uh, I won like eight straight and closed a few games over five hundred, and then uh, rode DJU in Oregon. Uh, I, I had a ton of action on that Clemson game. Uh, I bet that game two different ways, and then with a uh, four prop parlay that played out plus oh, 700 you you are degened wolf as awesome it, yeah it was good uh you know when Dabo sweeney told espn that garrett riley was calling the clemson offense i uh i listened to what he had to say and i believed him you know he's he's a lot of things but he is an honest man uh he did call the clemson offense and the clemson offense remains trash so uh the yeah, team was, total under 34 and a half for Clemson in that game will probably wow. be the easiest cover of the year for me. I was, I was shocked at how, you know, mediocre to, to terrible the quarterbacks for Florida to start the week and uh, Cade um, to end the week was wild. I mean, I was really shocked. I mean, really shocked at how like really un, un, unimaginative and pedestrian those offenses were. Yeah, for sure. And I've heard like uh, I've seen a lot of Florida fans try to make the argument of like, well, look at Graham Mertz's stats. They're pretty nice. And it's like, well, dude, like, yeah, like if you check down every time to somebody, you know, for a three yard gain on third and seven, then like you're going to have a nice completion percentage. And 
I mean, they were throwing the entire second half because they only ran for 21 yards. But uh, I'm not ready to say they got good quarterback play out of Mertz. I think that's a, a little bit of a pie-in-the-sky stretch. Um, before we uh, roll into, you know, other games, uh, what you know, I've, I've had a lot of discussions about Georgia's opener uh, on the channel at this point. Dustin and I did a quick little Q&A show yesterday. But uh, did you have any impressions of, of – Bulldogs in week one, especially from like a statistical standpoint. Um, I mean, the stati- stats were down. I mean, they weren't terrible. They weren't bad. They were very like it was. They matched with what you saw. Very ho hum. Yeah, it was. There was definitely some, you know, explosive plays. There were some big plays, but there was a lot of like kind of clunkers and and just you know inefficiencies there. They ended up with like a forty seven percent success rate. I mean, a decent explosive play rate, which is like fourteen or so, which is is good. I mean, that'd be fantastic for the season. And I think the complaints were certainly heard on my Twitter feed and and just people kind of like overreacting a little bit. And um, you know, I, I went back and looked at the two games, Sanford and Kent State last year. You know, and yeah, the stats were better. They were more efficient on offense in those games. Not, I mean, they were significantly better. Uh, you know, success rate on offense, but not that much better, bigger and better on, you know, yards per play and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it, it but again, it's like, it's really kind of apples and oranges. You had a, you know, a two or three years, you know, I don't know, starter or whatever, but yeah, instead a returning quarterback, returning OC or lots of returning players on offense. And you had, you know, one game under your belt. And I know that, you know, and people are trying to compare, you know, what we would have done, you know, like Oregon game one versus, you know, uh, uh, the Skyhawks. Why can't I remember their name? Jeez, I've already forgotten. I've moved on. Ball State or Ball, talking, oh, yeah. UT Martin. UT Martin. UT Martin. Right. So it's like, um, so it was like, it's just, it's just ridiculous to try to like freak out on one game, you know. So uh, statistically, yeah, it matched up with what you saw. We scored a lot of points. We did it just because we were, you know, we outpersonelled them and we didn't show anything off. You know, I was just actually retweeted. Bud Davis, who's a who's a Florida guy and who has great data from Sports Information Solutions, which I can't get a hold of or I don't want to pay for it. He's got a subscription to it, so it's got a lot of uh, really, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, they got. A yeah, lot of it's stuff. it's really great. And and, it, and we were talking about it off air. It was like 88 percent uh, zone blocking, which you know that's straightforward. Guys just stand up, you know, and it's it, there's nothing. They didn't do anything. They uh, it's significant. They were just running plays and just doing stuff. So. Um, that's probably a long answer to say, yeah, they were mid. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked about that in, uh, 12 takeaways. Like the, the play calling was definitely very conservative. I would like to see higher than, uh, whatever the success rate was high 40% against a FCS team, obviously. Like I I'm definitely curious to see what they do this weekend. If we see a little more of the playbook. Um, but on the flip side, like you said, like, they only ran six gap scheme plays, which which should be kind of the strength of that offensive line, just from a personnel, athleticism, physical trait standpoint. And like one of those was that third and two toss off the left side that busted for 30, 35 yards. Like I, I'm not really concerned about it yet. And I will say, like, I, I will confidently say just what I saw from a schematic standpoint from a formation and concept standpoint, like Bobo is running an offense that is very, very similar, if not, you know, the same as what we saw Todd Monken run last year. And I think that should give Georgia fans a lot of comfort because 
you know, the promise that was made was continuity and that was kind of how the, the Bobo hire was pitched. And so far they seem to be living up to that promise. So I don't know. Uh, I'm in wait, wait and see my personal opinion all off season has been, you know, we, we know how Kirby handles these kind of weaker out of conference opponents. And uh, we're going to see like, we're going to see them work on what they think they need to work on. And so you're going to basically see them run the things they feel like they're worst at right now. And then in my opinion, I will start making judgments on Mike Bobo and the 2023 Georgia bull play South Carolina next week. That will be the, the first kind of, you know, moment of intrigue from a, what exactly is this team standpoint, because they're just not going to show much else. Um, before we jump into this week, uh, I am obligated to tell you, I shouldn't say obligated, I am happy and honored to tell you that uh, this show is sponsored by our friends at homefieldapparel.com. They have the the best and brightest and most wonderful throwback collegiate apparel uh, for Georgia or whatever other team. We're about to pick a lot of games and talk about a lot of other programs, so uh, you know, if if you hit like a 12 leg parlay this weekend and it's because uh, you know who I, I'm not sure some random team because Indiana covers uh, in that 12th leg and you want to start repping Indiana stuff, you know, go check out home field apparel. Cause they do a great job with all their, all college programs uh, code dog central two, three D a W G S central two three for 20 percent off your first order i uh a little birdie has told me that uh as long as you're using an email address you've never ordered with before that it is considered your first order so if you're looking for uh some hot deals on some sweet apparel go check out our friends at homefield yeah uh this guy right here might be buying some south dakota state swag here shortly yes uh, (laughs) the jackrabbits dude no that's no i'm sorry uh montana state sorry montana Montana state State. are they the grizzlies fighting bobcats oh that's even better yeah they're playing south dakota state this week okay yeah the jackrabbits are no joke that's gonna be uh that's That's gonna be a fun matchup Yeah, Look, man, as uh, you know, as TV money and everything continues to take over the sport, the FCS might end up becoming more and more close to like you know what some of us are really oh, looking yeah. for. So, I absolutely, I think, I think that I, you know, people are going to be ups- I mean, we won't go down this path, but no, I totally agree <laughs> that FCS, FCS stands to uh, blossom in this environment for for a lot of that vibe and feeling what you just said. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this week's games. Uh, Josh, you have made a really, really phenomenal uh, PDF here that you're sharing with the show. And uh, you, you posted up on the Dog Central subscribers forum this afternoon, which is very kind and generous of you to do. Um, you've always done some of these kind of stat graphic breakdowns, but uh these have gotten really, really beautiful, man. And uh, you got the heat maps and a, a lot of, you know, color coded stuff going on. Like, tell us, tell us what we're looking at here because it's pretty awesome. Well, it's just matchup stats. We're still working with a small sample size. So it's on the left side, you've got the, you know, offense versus defense on both sides. So right there, it's just got the raw stats, uh, you know, points per game, success rate, and it's got run pass splits. 
in the middle you've got an epa which is also all of this data is in the on both the graph and the charts or whatever but what the epa shows you is where the teams are relative to games played and teams that's played so far so if we're looking at this georgia versus ball state you can see that the ball state offense was you know down on the bottom left not good not the quadrant you want to be in and georgia was you know mid right and um, just to explain the EPA, this I think this actually is a nice visual for EPA. If you if you go to the right, you're ha- you're an efficient offense and success rate, and if you go up, you are uh, a high EPA, which would point to bigger plays, exp- more explosive plays. So up and right, you know, if you're if you get the data, if you got the chart, you'll see Oregon, which is that top right one. Uh, they just went nuts this weekend versus whoever Portland State or whatever. Mm. Um, so it just gives you where they are relative to the to the field, and then the top is bottom. Top is offense, bottom is defense. So again, and it's 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 oriented the same way. So bottom left is bad, top right is good, and so you're going to see as higher up you go, you expect sort of more points, and the further right you go, you expect uh, just a higher percentage of successful plays. So okay, gotcha. Um... Well, so I've got the uh, Georgia Ball State uh, slide pulled up here for our our viewers. Um, you know, I, I did like a – I honestly said I wasn't going to do it, but uh, like you, I'm kind of sick. So uh, I did like a an actual advanced stat kind of scheme preview type thing for uh, UGA versus Ball State. A lot of it was more uh, kind of player-level PFF data than – what we're looking at here, but, um, man, I came away, uh, actually thinking like ball state gave Kentucky a pretty good game. And if not for kind of some weird bounces and turnovers and, uh, you know, some other things like that, that game was statistically much closer than it came out on paper. I mean, Kentucky only had like 350 total yards and ball state had almost 300 and they had like multiple, long long drives that didn't end in points what what do you think of the cardinals no i, I was gonna say I, I think i posted the ball state so i kind of do a similar thing with the box scores after you know after the mm. game and uh yeah ball state and i mean kentucky had a nice game defensively as you'll see you know the if you look on the right side you'll see the ball state offense was kind of in you know dark red which is not good but defensively they were pretty good um and kentucky was not good on offense so um, you know, breaking in a new quarterback. I don't, you know, Georgia fans don't want to hear it, but <laughs> you know, they've got some some kinks to work out with that Kentucky offense. But absolutely, no, that game was. I wouldn't say it was close, but it was not a a stellar game offensively for Kentucky. And yeah, the Ball State defense played pretty well. Conversely, yeah, and I mean, you know, Ball State uh, four four yards per play on offense last week against an sec defense is is pretty respectable you know i mean that's a that's a first down every three plays is what it is um you know it seemed like they got behind the chains a lot from what i saw and then uh were were a lot more successful truthfully in long yardage than they were on just standard down you know regular type plays um they played three quarterbacks as well which is kind of fun one of them was uh Lane Hatcher, who was at Arkansas State back in the uh, 2019 Wear Pink for Windy game. Um, so, you know, kind of one of those guys that's been at like four programs now. But um, they've got – like if Georgia comes out 
flat and disinterested and decides not to set the edge again and kind of, you know, doesn't block anybody off the left side of the offensive line. This game could become problematic, at least for a period of time. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying it will, but I'm just saying Georgia, uh, I think the good thing for Georgia in this game is that the things that Ball State kind of does well are actually a lot of the things Georgia didn't do super well last week. And just my experience with Kirby Smart teams is that they generally don't make the same mistakes week to week. And so uh, I think there's a good chance that they're kind of honed in and focused on what they need to do. Yeah, certainly a, a, a pedestrian to middling offensive production again would certainly make for an interesting week on Twitter. Mm. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't actually one of the few games I did not watch was any of this game, actually, uh, Kentucky Ball State. So, I didn't either. I went back and watched some highlights and like a cut yeah, up of it, but yeah, I mean, I expect it. Um, you know, that Georgia's probably had. I, you know, I don't know. I expect them to come out and play well. You know, I mean, this is again, they should be able to body these guys are all over the field. I'd like, to, yeah, I would like to see some improvement. I would like to see some improvement in the run game, especially interior runs, and I'd like to see some better uh, edge play on the defense. What you just said. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think one thing that's the. That, I noticed on the ball state side was just uh, like they really, really relied on short passing game. Um, they, they did manage to hit a couple longer throws on Kentucky. Uh, their quarterback was, I think two or three on 20 plus yard attempts, but so much of their stuff was just short and in between the hashes. And I think with Georgia's inside linebackers and safety talent, like there's probably potential for, a turnover or two in there or just, you know, a lot of uh, plays where if they do catch the ball, there's not really any opportunity for, for yards after the catch. But um, I'm interested because I think this Georgia back seven is just really, really nasty. And I think that kind of plays into their hands. Um, I mean, for, you know, Georgia at 10.4 yards, uh, per play passing last week, if I'm reading your uh, chart right here. And it looks like Ball State only had 5.9, which uh, is, is a pretty small number, right? Like, I, I don't know. Point being, I expect Georgia to um, be able to play pretty well on defense because as as well as Ball State played, like their – some of the stats that I found on their, uh, on their run game was just – some of them were kind of silly, man. Like, they – they had such a hard time, uh, you know, their rushing success rate was only 21% and their, their backs averaged 2.7 yards a carry last week, but um, they, they like could not, uh, they just really like could not get any type of blocking help at all. Uh, they had 32 carries for 98 yards as a team. So that's 3.1 yards per attempt in a game where they're rushers ball state forced 17 missed tackles, uh, last weekend against Kentucky, which for comparison, Georgia's ball carriers only forced six last week against, uh, UT Martin. So like 17 is just a, a huge number of missed tackles forced. And then to only come out with three yards an attempt. And then they were also, I think like, Basically, the math worked out where if you looked at the yards, uh, 
yards after contact for an attempt that uh, they were basically like on the average attempt getting hit just slightly behind the line of scrimmage. So this could be a get right game for Georgia's front four. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I think the one takeaway from if you talk about the, the ball state Kentucky is that uh, Kentucky's defense is going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, so. I mean, uh, missed tackles is fine, but that just, I mean, if you're telling guys are flying into the backfield and yeah, they don't wrap them up, but they're hitting them. I mean, it just, and you know, missed tackles and a high yards per play might be a problem, but missed tackles and a low yards per play just tells me that there's, there's probably a, a high, a high havoc per uh, rate on that stuff too. So um, yeah, I, yeah. A get right games would be awesome. I, I mean, yeah, it, it was a definitely the most anticlimactic part of the weekend was definitely the Georgia, the Georgia game. I'm not going to tell you it wasn't. Yeah, man, it was, uh, I don't know. It was kind of interesting listening to Kirby talk about it and just be like, yeah, this is used to be like the type of game where everybody would tell us like, Oh, they should be up 40 at halftime. And then if we weren't like people would start getting tight and stuff. And all right, I got, I got it. I got a soapbox for you a little bit. Everyone tells me, you know, garbage time this, garbage time that, you know, when uh-huh. we're looking at these stats and be like, oh, well, that was, well, look, if you're going to dis, if you're going to devalue garbage time when you're up a bunch of points playing, whether it's Arkansas or whoever, then this entire game was garbage time. So the, you know, you it's true. Me, you know, I mean, not, I mean, I don't want to say it, the team's garbage, but I'm just saying, what are you, <laughs> what, what are you really going to gather? I mean, yeah, sure. Would you like to see play? You know, guys haul in play. You know, yeah, for sure. But it's just one game versus SES, and everybody, calm down. <laughs> I think that's good advice. Um, all right. So, uh, in this game. Georgia is uh, currently a 41 and a half point favorite, which that's actually come back towards ball state a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, over under 52 and a half. Do you have any, any predictions opinions before we move on to some of the other bigger national games on the slate? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to predict a shutout. So give me Mm. 45, 45, nothing. I'll take, I'll lay the points. Nice. Okay. I like it a lot. All right, so you got 45 nothing. Um let's see, what did I put? I said 51 to 10 last night. I think that we get a late late uh ball state, you know, kind of like the touchdown that UT Martin scored last week where like, you know, it wasn't maybe even necessarily a touchdown, but there's only like four cameras on the field cuz this is a trash game, so we don't ever really know. Whereas like if this was like a CBS game, we would have like three angles of the ball rotating in the guy's hand. 100%, uh, 100% not a catch. And I'm not, no one can tell me that Kirby didn't tell, tell the rest to call a tight game against Georgia. Give us, I agree with that. You're the, not the first person I've talked to this week that has said, uh, said that like, you know, I, I agree. Cause those, uh, those flags on the, the flag that, Dalen Everett got after Arian Smith did not get a, a yeah. pass interference was just like very, very, I would say one-sided and that's fine, man. Like, but yeah, no, it's, Kirby I mean, that's loves what you to, want. Yeah. Kirby loves I mean, to go into the settings and turn the difficulty up to high right, mode. Right. And, these are, <laughs> as, these are SEC refs, right. And these guys probably have probably refs some scrimmages and some practices and stuff too. So, I mean, there's probably like, Hey man, just don't, don't give us anything. I mean, I'm. I mean, if there's a guy that's playing chess, um, you know, while we're playing checkers on Twitter, it's it's Kirby. 
I agree. I agree. The man, he's got his hands and everything. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to. Uh, Thought you were going to talk about Urban Meyer there for a second. Sorry. <laughs> Look, this is my show. This is our show. We are Sorry. never ever having Urban Meyer. Discussion <laughs> I just on well, just the hands in everything was just what I was referring to. <laughs> that TikTok of him over oh. over on the barrier. <laughs> Just dirt balling hard, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Whoever caught that, like people are <laughs> are so smart. The things they see. Um, all right, Alabama, Crimson Tide got their groove back, so to speak, against Middle Tennessee State last week. Jalen Milrow out there making it rain on folks. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, was. Uh, kind of dicking around with rice for a lot of the day, not playing super excellent football. Uh, the Crimson Tide, you know, seems like a off season full of concern about the quarterback position. All of a sudden we're fine. Cause we saw Jalen Milrow tear it up against the blue Raiders from Murfreesboro, Texas, an off season of hype. All of a sudden, maybe a little distrust in the Longhorns after they struggled to run the ball against rice at times, which they did. Um, Bama's favored by a touchdown. We've got this, uh, I believe this is a night game, which I'm quite excited for. Um, am I correct about that? 7.30? I believe so, yeah. Because CBS okay. doesn't get doesn't start till next week, so it would be the 3.30 game otherwise. Yeah, it is not the big noon kickoff like it was last year. But, um, Josh, tell, tell us what you see in the stats. Well, when I cook this up, you can see that, uh, on the on the left side, you see it's good on good. Uh, Texas was really, really, you know, elite statistically speaking on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you can see them way up in the upper right. They just didn't give anything to Rice defensively. Eighteen um, percent success rate, I think, is what's down there. Uh, so, and and Alabama was good and bordering on. And they were good. Um, you can see them in the kind of. You know, they were up there uh, offensively and stuff, and they had some great electric plays, and they did what they needed to do and got out of there. Um, so if you're small sample size, uh, but I do believe that with, with the, the talent and the roster they've got, that this defense should be better. Um, and offensively, yeah, the Alabama did what they needed to do. It gives you reason to think that they are going to not miss many steps or many beats on offense. Um, so it should be a, a fantastic game. I really expect uh, the defense for Texas to give uh, the young play um, uh, the young play caller some trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is on the other side of the ball, which Alabama's defense was just fine. You'll see a lot of blue on the right side, and the offense, like you said, was not great. Mm -hmm. um, but I, so it's kind of the same narrative. Like, all right, what's Sark going to do? Is he a nine win coach or is he an eleven win coach? Damn. Um, I've been asking myself that one as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I think it's good on good on uh, Texas's uh, defense versus Alabama's offense, but I think it's – I tip the scales a little bit to the, the Alabama defense versus somewhat unproven Texas offense. Now, Texas offense last year was one of the top five or six in yard, net yards per play last year. Um, they didn't show us that on Saturday, but don't, don't – 
give up on them yet. Uh, I still think there's potential for them to to be to be good. And certainly, if this defense can you know get some three and outs, keep the game under control, take keep the crowd from just going crazy, it, it, I can see uh, tech, I can see a path for a Texas upset on the road for sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm torn about this game for a lot of the reasons you just outlined. And I mean, one of them is just like, dude, I sat here with you doing our big 12 preview, like a month or so back and talked about how I'm not betting on Sark to win 10 games until he shows us he can do it. Right. Um, I also said at the time though, that like I could see a path to uh, Texas winning this game versus Alabama and still, not winning the big 12. I mean, those are not, you know, it's not a conference game, obviously. Um, I, I think the thing that I'm interested in, uh, it seems like from what I saw on, on Twitter, Alabama fans were really happy with their linebacker play for the first time in a few years, uh, which was kind of ironic considering former uh, number four inside linebacker at Georgia, Tresman Marshall, uh, played as many snaps, I think, as any linebacker for them on Saturday night, which, like, is is kind of just fascinating. Um, good kid. I, I hope he does well. And he is a player that uh, I think is very good in coverage as a linebacker. That was, that was always kind of my analysis of him. So uh, that could be an advantage for uh, – for, for Alabama in terms of, you know, shutting down any kind of running back uh, passing game. But one thing that stood out to me a little bit is just looking at, um, you know, Alabama, my question all offseason has been about the line of scrimmage. And it seems like the OL looked very good on Saturday night. That was, that was what I saw at least, uh, you know, 38 carries for 221. 5.8 yards an attempt. Uh, 49 of those yards came on quarterback scrambles, uh, but they, you know, they did have a 20 yard run off the left edge from uh, who was that? From Chase McClellan. They had, you know, they had multiple chunk gains. They had a 25 yard scramble, a 21 yard run, or 20 yard run, an 11 yard run, a 13 yard run, an 11 yard run. Like those are some decent, uh, decent plays, and and Bama's, you know, the one thing that was kind of a little alarm bell for me though is that that Bama's running backs, they are not just running backs, but they're ball carriers on the whole. Like they average four yards after contact per an attempt in a game where they had five point eight yards a carry, so. I'm curious, like, does this Alabama – has this Alabama offensive line come as far as everyone says it has? Because it struggled against Texas for a lot of the game last year. And I'm not really worried about the pass pro, but I am worried about can Alabama line up and run the football. Um, I think they will be able to run the ball effectively most – like, you know, I think they'll be able to do it effectively enough to at least, like, keep – Texas somewhat honest. Um, but I, I just – my question is what happens in this game if if Alabama can't run the ball and all of a sudden Jalen Milrow has got to be the guy, right? Like all of a sudden he's got to throw – because he only dropped back 23 times last week. Uh, he was 13 of 18, which in itself is a little bit interesting for me because, you know, that's – 
how many five of 23 passing attempts he scrambled on. Is he struggling to find guys open against middle Tennessee? Like, is that a vision thing from his part or is that wide receivers not beating coverage against middle Tennessee? Either one would probably be a negative situation, but, um, I do have questions about the young guy. If if Alabama's not able to run the ball consistently and all of a sudden he's having to drop back 35, 40 times, I don't think that's a recipe for them. Yeah, no. 30, I mean, we're kind of looking at that that Georgia offensive, like, hey, we've got to depend on your quarterback to throw that many times. It could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you're spot on. I couldn't add anything better, and you've certainly – done more research on the on the x's and o's and looking at this play and looking at these teams play uh if i can just put an asterisk if you'll notice on my stats you'll see 6.3 yards per play that is rushes only so sack yard so i mean it's fine it's just a different way to calculate it so my 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 sacks go into the passing category um so they're a running game that just improves the running game a little bit I just looked it up. It looked like uh, Alabama had at least one sack for two sacks for minus 10 yards. Uh, so in your traditional set stats, they're going to have that in the, in the Russian category. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, this, this uh, Milro will have a good year. He's an Alabama quarterback. He's a, a high quality recruit. He's a high quality player. He's going to have a good year. I mean, everybody that's trying to tell me that he's going to be the eighth best quarterback in the league is is not it's not fair or accurate. Uh, but yeah, he's he's going to. This is there's no way that the passing offense can be as good as it's been the last few years for Alabama. And no, every and everyone knows that. So can Texas get after him? Yeah, dude. I think I think they can. I really do. I think it's going to be such a great game. Um, and I, I I like what. Texas can do defensively, and I, I think this could be a pretty low-scoring game for all those reasons. I think uh, I don't I don't think that either offense is going to try to to take a lot of risk and make sure that the game stays in they, in control of them and and uh, it, within within the grasp and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, can which team's going to break off uh, a big run? My guess would be it would be Alabama at this point because certainly, like you said, you they so? didn't really yeah they didn't really do much against Rice off uh, running the ball. Uh, I was kind of wrong about that, though. I mean, I'm not wrong, but uh, they did better than I I recalled. I would say – I don't know. I I did, like, watch some stretches of the game, particularly in the first half, where I felt like they were – struggling and maybe that's that's what i should be looking at but well i mean uh, just look at look at the stats i got out there you know three point three point eight percentage uh explosive runs that's negative e- yeah negative epa that tells me right there negative epa which is mm. really placing a value on those yards and where you and it's based on d- down uh distance and field position so yeah they they did not have a high epa game rushing the ball and not a lot of explosives and stuff. And, you know, again, I'm sure they weren't trying to show anything uh, running the ball, but you know, on the road, yeah, you're going to need to make some tough yards in, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, man. And I mean, the other thing that was interesting to me is on the flip side, Texas's defensive line, like you said, they looked nasty and they, they gave up, you know, just 1.6 yards, uh, a rush on the ground. And I look at, uh, Going back to Alabama, Middle Tennessee, you know, one thing that was interesting, and I don't know, like, for the reasons you just said, if, if Texas can even take advantage of this, but the question for me, like I said, has always been, is Alabama's defensive line ready? You know, like, I, I felt like the offensive line would take a little step forward this year. It kind of felt like they had to, but 
their defensive line has been kind of crap for the last couple of years. I mean, Auburn dropped 300 oh, yeah. something rushing yards on them last year, and it just hasn't looked like what we were accustomed to under Saban for a long time. But uh, Middle Tennessee, you know, they they went for 23 attempts, 103 yards, 4.5 yards an attempt against them, which is not like. You know, it's not awful. It's not great. I I don't know exactly what to make of it yet. The thing that was interesting to me, though, was, you know, looking at kind of the the different gaps they ran in. um, They were able to make some headway, like in in some inside tackle situations. Uh, You know, they had 11 yard run off left guard. They had a nine yard run between center and right guard couple six yard runs like I I don't know if it'll translate and that's what's hard about these week two games it's just like it's so hard to opponent adjust in college football anyways but especially with like such a small sample set that we have at the moment all right I just pulled up some stats Uh, middle Tennessee did have six yards of carry the first three quarters there Um, you go okay so um yeah I mean and if you see what they did in the first half yeah uh, so there's reason to think that the defense still needs to step up on that side on in that area for Alabama. Can I drop a red flag on you a little bit for me that I, I yeah. literally just saw that is interesting to me. Uh, Jalen Milrow, like statistically nice game, right? Uh, I mean, what did he come out to something like, uh, 72.2% completion, 194 yards, 10.8 yards in attempt. The only thing that's concerning to me, so he was pressured seven times, and four of those he scrambled, which is probably a good thing. But, you know, 30% pressure rate against Middle Tennessee is high to me. I mean, just to compare, Georgia had – allowed one pressure in 35 dropbacks as a team last weekend against uh, UT Martin. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting is just looking at his, his PFF uh, passing depth kind of chart, like on deep throws of 20 plus yards, he was three of four for 124 yards and three touchdowns. All three of those throws were graded as big time throws by PFF, which is a, a really good sign obviously for his deep balls, but just 0 of 2 on 10 of 19 yard throws. And then he's 7 of 8 on 0 to 9 throws, which which is good. It's good accuracy. But, um, you know, he got 6.4 yards in attempt out of those, which is not great. Um, I'm just curious. Like, it, it does scare me a little bit if he's kind of boom or bust in this game. Like, it's either, you know, he's hitting deep balls or – or he's not really, but it's just the, the fact that he never saw something he wanted to throw in that kind of intermediate range does make me a little worried about his kind of field vision. Yeah, I, I think he's going to – you're expecting progression, you know, with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, just by just by the same sort of – I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, I, but, I mean, he's going to get – he's going to be fine. I don't. I don't think the quarterback. I mean, how do I say this? Um, yes, you can't. You're, they're going to have to depend on the quarterback, but I, I still think that they're going to be. They're going to be fine. They've got other tools in their tour. I mean, they need him to be efficient. They need him to be smart. And yeah, I mean, if he's not seeing the field, if he can't make those reads and those progressions and those this is decisions, 
you know, yeah, it, it, but I'm expecting him to progress a little bit. I mean, a lot. So um, now this game right now, this is why this these early games are so fun. You know, it's like mm. I, I, I mean, if you're think if you're saying he can't see the field or that he's still learning that and he doesn't have that mastered yet, then man, Texas Texas Mike made some plays. I mean, yeah, is, is that what you're intimating? At? Well, I'm just I, I think it's going to be. Uh... A little bit of a boom or bust, like I was saying. Yeah. It's just you know, it's like it seems like for him, you know, they're they're explosive, but they're it's just kind of like we're either going to take little chunks or we're going to hit deep balls, but we're not going to be an offense maybe quite yet that's consistently hitting twelve to sixteen yard throws, you know, once or twice a drive. Like it's it's either we're hitting the forty yard bomb to Jermaine Burton or Corey Brooks or or we're three and out. That's, that's my kind of worry for them in this game. And, and maybe they can do that. You know, I, I don't think Alabama's receivers are what they were a couple of years ago. You know, they're not just straight up. There's not a Jameson Williams on this team. I'm not even sure if there's a John Mechie on this team, but uh, that doesn't mean they can't get open against Texas. You know, like I, I don't have any real good vibe or feel on what the Texas secondary is yet. Um, I like Catalan, the safety that was at Arkansas for a while who came over. But uh, if you're, you know, we were talking a second ago about kind of that offensive line and pass pro. The the red flag spots are uh, at center with Seth McLaughlin. Uh, he had just a, a 46.2 pass block grade against Middle Tennessee State last week. And then the tight end, he gave up a pressure, but he was only in – you know, five snaps. So I'm not worried about him. He was a starter, but I would say, you know, we've heard a lot about Alabama kind of running that heavier set. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a struggle point. I don't know. Um, I guess uh, let's, what do you think happens on Saturday? What's the line? Seven Alabama minus seven. That's a tough number. That's right uh, on the number. Yeah. Right oh, I, I'm number. sorry. I'm sorry. It's up to seven and a half. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Give me the hook. I'll take. I'll take. <laughs> yeah. Give me the hook. I'll take it. Uh, interesting little. Interesting little nugget. Um, if you take out the the third quarter where they had two passes for seventy eight yards, uh, Alabama was under seven yards of play passing the ball. Um, so, talk about boom or bust. There it is. Two plays. Basically, Jeff jumped it up to eight something yards a uh, a play on passes. So sorry. Uh, yeah, give me give me seven and a half. I'll take that. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I'm with you, man. I think all week I've been telling myself I'm not going to do the dumb thing and pick against Alabama in this game. But the more that I just look at the player level data, you know, I just I think that Texas is. I think they're actually kind of ready for this game. Um, it's going to be tough for them to go and play on the road, but like, dude, they've got some straight up pass rushers to Andre sweat, three total pressures and 17 pass rush attempts. Brian Murphy, four pressures and 12 pass rush snaps. Uh, Ethan Burke, three pressures and nine pass rush snaps. Like I know it's freaking rice, but, that that tells me they got dudes that can get home. And I think that's what you need in this game is to hurry up Jalen Milrose clock. They had 
you know, Texas had 21 pressures last week against Rice in a game where Rice, you know, our old friend JT Daniels, he dropped back 30 times. To, to have 21 pressures on 30 dropbacks is pretty impressive. Um, you know, yeah. if you're looking for the comparison, Bama had 12 pressures against 39 dropbacks from Middle Tennessee State. So I'm going Texas. I think Texas is is ready to play this game on the defensive front. And I'm a I'm not gonna pick I'm definitely taking Texas plus seven and a half, but Yeah, I think Bama I think Bama can Bama can should win this game. I don't uh, know if they should, but I just think being at home Yeah, you know, I, I think they have more experience winning games like this than Texas does still, you know, at this point. So um I think it's gonna be a fun game though i think it could come down to a field goal at the end what's what's the total Uh, that's a great question um 54 yeah give me the under on that too all right yeah i like a i like a 24 20 24 17 kind of game awesome all right so quick question for you what happens if texas just runs in here and just beats that ass Oh, it'll be a fun week on Twitter. Um, it Over. it would be it would be pretty awesome because you're gonna it's it's all you're gonna see the tweets. College football is better when Texas is good. Mm. People people are gonna be looking at Texas. You you're gonna see all of the Texas USC Rose Bowl highlights for a couple weeks. Um, I do believe that that would confirm that the uh, the Big Twelve runs through Austin. Yeah. Um, which is which is what everything everything is trending that way and pointing that way from Vegas to otherwise. Uh, you know, I, interesting to if they if they demolish them, then yeah, I mean it's it's take notice time. I don't yeah. see that. I don't. I just don't see that happening. Uh, I can see a win. I can see a, con, a a convincing win. I can see you know, but um, and it'd be interesting on the, on that side if if Oklahoma destroys SMU and Texas you know comes in there and gets a win. You know, Big Twelve is going to be uh, going to be a fun year. I mean, it's colliding for the Red River Shootout. You know, like like it like the good old days before we bring it into the SEC. <laughs> right? Sorry. No, no, totally. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun game, no matter what, and uh, it should be. A, I think a close game too. Like I, I don't think either of them is getting blown out of the water but uh, yeah I, I like a defensive game dude i think this thing's gonna get decided late in the third quarter it's gonna be awesome i'm with you all right so let's go down the road uh to well actually let's go way out west because auburn is heading out to cal talk about like a friggin one of the strangest like just, just i've spent some time this week picturing like you know cal and auburn fans interacting around tailgates and how foreign they will all seem to one another. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, do you think they have sweet home Alabama in any of the, uh, the jukeboxes in, uh, Berkeley? I don't probably. Pre- yeah. If, I just yeah. remember. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely don't have waffle houses in Berkeley. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe you know, more like the mamas and the papas kind of <laughs> vibe. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how how well Auburn's going to travel out there. I mean, it's going it, to it, interesting. I, it will yeah, be. you talk about a game that you know in April when you're looking at it and being like, oh, that's a weird game. Both teams stink, and now 
Cal had an impressive performance, and Auburn did as well. So there's some juice in this game that we didn't expect in the preseason. Yeah. Um, Auburn's favorite six and a half over under is 54 and a half. Uh, I, I did take Cal last week. I thought that they were undervalued all off season. They did a sneaky good job in the transfer portal. And um, I actually do think some of the like drama of them being like, you know, homeless from a conference standpoint and all of that, like, does affect people's perceptions of what their football team is actually like and like can influence some of this type stuff. So uh, I, you know, I basically wanted to back that because I, I felt like that, you know, sometimes spreads do move on like stupid emotional crap. They really do. Um, I am very interested to see, uh, you know, Auburn in this game. Uh, you know, I thought that, uh, their defense didn't play particularly well against UMass. I know that the score didn't really reflect that, but um, am I seeing that right? They gave up 7.1 yards per play against UMass? Yeah, uh, I'm guessing there were some turnovers in there. You can see explosive play rate of 13.7. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they gave up some big plays on defense. And I thought defense was going to be sort of the linchpin of this of this this team this year. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some question marks there. Um, they, yeah, I mean, just looking down at the passing game metrics, um, you know, the negative EPA passing. So there was probably some picks, uh, interceptions there that were uh, integral to the domination uh, that the score would indicate. Yeah, you know, uh, Peyton Thorne, the Michigan State transfer, uh, pretty pedestrian debut i mean this if this isn't a peyton thorn stat line i really don't know what is 10 of 17 for 141 yards and a touchdown 8.3 yards in attempt not a bad stat line not a good stat line no interceptions to his credit um but you know just not overly accurate um did not let's see did he hit Actually, it was pretty effective downfield. It was three of six on 20-plus yard throws, um, but it was only one of four on 10 to 19-yard throws and three of four on short throws. So another kind of boom or bust style offense uh, a little bit here. I mean, they put up 59, but do we – I mean, you know, New Mexico State scored, I think, 30 on these guys the week before. I don't know. I mean, this, this game – you know, Auburn, to their credit, 6.7 yards a carry for 290 yards on the ground last week. Um, 4.3 yards of contact per an attempt, yards after contact per an attempt from their, their ball carriers, which is, which is very solid. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that that score is a little smoke and mirrors and people are maybe overvaluing Auburn a little bit in this game. Um, I, I, the fact that it's under it's on the road to so, I mean like Auburn would be favored by nine nine and a half at home uh, under a touchdown. I still kind of think that Auburn can out roster them is a term I'm keep seem to be using this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Auburn in here, but you certainly your analysis and you were you were spot on certainly in game one in terms of what they were doing uh, roster wise to get ready for the season. So um, I, I just don't think this is an intimidating, intimidating environment to play. So 
uh, you know, this game should be manageable for Auburn all game long. You know, it's not like a situation where they're on the road and they, if they go three and out and give up a touchdown drive, it's not like it's going to be crazy loud. Don't sleep opinion. on Berkeley, bro. Come on. All right, I'm, I'm definitely sleeping on Berkeley, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you on that one. Um, what do you think happens? You got Auburn covering? Yeah, I like Auburn to cover. All right, I was kind of yeah, I was kind of was kind of in on Auburn. Um, uh, I think as an undervalued team, that I think they're going to be problematic in the SEC, and I haven't I didn't see anything offensively, and I think that defense is can and should be a uh, a net positive for them. Uh, so even though they, they didn't look spectacular against UMass for the same reasons we talked about the Georgia offense being game one, I, I, I can see this defense being just fine. I feel you, man. I'm, I'm going against you on this one. Um, I'm a, what if Cal's the wagon, dude? What if they're the Ohio of 2023? Um, you know, honestly, the reason why I'm picking Cal in this game, uh, 55 carries for 361 yards and six touchdowns rushing last week, uh, on 6.6 yards in attempt. Auburn gave up 6.7 yards in attempt to UMass 22 carries for 148 yards. A little, uh, little concerning in my mind. And just in case you're wondering, only 12 of those yards were uh, from like quarterback scramble breakdown type stuff. So that's, that's a lot of design run yardage given up. I'm, I'm taking the, the Golden Bears plus the six and a half. And I might even have a little money line sprinkle on Justin Wilcox, boys. I don't know, man. I think sometimes this sport is – kind of poetic and i think this could be a game where uh you know just with with what's happened to cal this off season with all the bureaucracy and, and bs um maybe they they win one for the dying pac-12 uh yeah so i'm just digging into that passing epa no no interceptions actually for against umass but four sacks and a f- strip sack fumble uh mm. so yes well yeah and two of the yeah and two and two of those sacks were uh one was at the 18 and one was at 24 yard line so that's hey look here's an explanation epa it, matt see that's the uh-huh. uh that makes sense field position field position uh part of that calculation so yeah taking you out of field goal range taking you behind the sticks keeping you out of schedule so yeah defense uh those havoc plays just uh boosted that uh, negative epa for the pass defense for auburn I like it. All right, Colorado versus Nebraska. Um, I mean, what did Colorado do on Saturday? I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, I will say that under a rock. My wife actually sat down. Miss, Mrs. Dog Stats, not the biggest Georgia, not the biggest football fan in the world, could not take her eyes off this game. Wow. Um, so casual in the truest sense of the word and was mesmerized by it. And it was a high, it was a basketball game. It's a lot of yeah. fun. All right. So Colorado currently is sitting as a three point favorite in this game. Um, I mean, you know, that's a 10 point swing. Look ahead. Is it? Yeah, it was seven. They were <laughs> minus seven to plus three. I mean, the question is like, can Nebraska score points? I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to think that they can have a better performance than they did last week against Minnesota. But, uh, you know, Nebraska, the, the thing, the red flag for me in this game for Colorado is that 
when yep. TCU rushed more than three, they got home. They got a couple yeah. sacks. I think they maybe had an interception. Um, but they just and didn't the de- do it. And, and the defense was <laughs> – it's super questionable. Uh, I mean, that was a first, that was a young starting quarterback and an offense that replaced seventy percent of the returning production for TCU from last year, and they did not get stopped very often. So, no, no, they did not. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, my thoughts are very similar. It's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, Colorado is going to roll. Uh, you know what what I saw on Saturday and how much, but. Uh, Nebraska. It is interesting. It's it's on the road for Nebraska, so that's exciting. The place is going to be lit, as the kids say. Um, it's going to be a if they're going to be slapped. Um, and <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm ready for another exciting game. It's hard for me to say be have any confidence in watching that Nebraska game and that the quarterback play from our friend. Uh, Sims, who Jeff transferred Sims. in there, yeah, uh, it's yeah. hard. To, it's hard to see that offense being able to keep pace. Uh, I and I, I just can't get behind. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm going the, the flip. I don't know about seven. I mean, I, I got a feeling. I think Nebraska is either going to keep this real close and win, or Colorado. I can see Colorado just absolutely demolishing, just stopping that ass. Yeah, I just – I mean, again, just the offense for Nebraska has just been suspect for a long time. <laughs> so, um, you know, and if it's a close game, you know Nebraska's going to lose it. So, <laughs> I, That's my thing, man. I think this sets up – I think it could be a close game late, and if it is, good God, man. Like, you know, <laughs> self-belief. Sorry, the self-belief delta in this game is as wide as any I've seen and <laughs> all the time we've done this together. Like, dude, it's just ridiculous. Um, at the end of the day, I got to ask myself the question, like, okay, Nebraska, they had a nice day on the ground against Minnesota. Right. But uh, the problem is like, so, you know, Jeff Sims had 117 of their 201 rushing yards, which isn't, necessarily a bad thing it's just like you know i don't know that their running backs can line up and run the ball too much um the other side of this man is just dude am i going am i gonna put money on a guy who had 24 dropbacks against minnesota and those resulted in 11 completions for 114 yards a touchdown and three picks and that touchdown was garbage. Absolutely. Yes, garbage. that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. That touchdown came yeah. off of a fumble. Yeah, dude, I can't do it. I, like a double, I, a do, yeah, a double reverse pass fumble. Ball bounces into his hands, and he's got a guy wide open in the end zone. So, and dude, the first home game for Prime, the place is going to be electric. Like you said, uh, I actually think my my uh, mother in law, her. Uh, I think her partner, he's going to be there for the game. Um, his daughter went to see you. I think he's coming out from Philly. So buffs are coming out from all over the country. As they say in Boulder, I'd rather be dead than red. Uh, I'm back in, I'm back in the buffs, dude. Give me the buffs minus three. Screw it. Screw it. I know that every, everybody's, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing people yeah, today. 
try to like swing back. If you're gonna if you're gonna ride it, Graham, hit that money line, dude. Well, Colorado's favored. Oh, sorry. You're good. Still, yeah, still can't get over that. Yeah, um, do an alt line, man. I, I mean, like alt line Colorado minus like nine and a half. I've thought about oof. that. Yeah. What do you? What would you alt line it at? Yeah, I like nine and a half. I just I mean, think there's a universe where they just run Nebraska out of the stadium because yeah, yeah, Nebraska they, can't they, score points, man. Yeah, that was a hard, hard watch. <laughs> oh, um, it it's a beautiful. It was a beautiful broadcast. I mean, the 4K it Fox. Was, yeah, it's, like, it's legit. But that was it. <laughs> Especially <laughs> that fourth and eleven touchdown pass from Minnesota to tie it at the end, where you could literally in real time see the turf fly up from yeah. where the kids toe touched. Like it was that was it was beautiful. And I mean, it, it, Nebraska looked like they had a win. They were just trying to get out of there. They did not look confident at any point offensively in that game. At any point, no. Uh, they didn't. They it just personnel wise or scheme wise or you know execution wise it just and how do they not have the deer in headlights? I mean, could you imagine a worse setup for a Nebraska team with a new coach and a you know a transfer quarterback? It's just setting up for it's setting up for me to get busted on all these narratives in Nebraska to win by fourteen. But I'm still going Colorado. Yeah, I'm on Colorado. Um, let's keep rolling here. So. Vanderbilt goes to Wake Forest. Um, do we have a slide for that? Probably it's not. down there somewhere. Yeah. All right, I'll find it. Anyways, yeah. while I'm looking for it, um, shout out, shout out, my buddy Gator haters. He's in the comments. Let's go. What's up, John? <laughs> AKA Gator Hater. Hope you're doing well. Widespread panic for life. Um. What do you think about Wake Vanderbilt? Here we go. Okay. Uh, Vandy has looked kind of assy, uh, particularly against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Almost gave that game away at the end. Uh, 7.9% explosive play rate allowed against Hawaii and some FCS team. Not that great. Uh, Wake Forest, they didn't look that good against Elon, though. Mitch Griffiths at quarterback now. I don't want to go too down the wormhole of, uh, you know, like player level data for Wake uh, Wake versus Vandy, but do you have a, a lean here or pick? Oh, yeah, I like I like Wake all day. Uh, I just don't think there was any reason for – against Elon for them to do anything. Dave Clawson's a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Clark Lee just fine, but defensively they were, they were menacing against Elon. They did everything you want to defensively and they still put up 37 points a game and kind of look clumsily doing it. Uh, I don't see anything defensively from Vanderbilt. That's going to, it's going to like send, make me think that they're not going to be able to execute on offense. And I don't see anything on Vanderbilt offensively. That makes me want to think that they can play against this defense. So um, yeah, I kind of like wake in the, and uh, the, in the, in the, in the the shrunken uh, stadium there in Nashville, so I don't I don't know if Wake travels like every other every other visiting. Team I think does. this is that Wake. Oh, it is that Wake. Okay, all I right. Think so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It is yeah. Home Wake. All right. So yeah, even better. So um, yeah, I, I I just I have not seen. I did not watch the North Alabama game. I believe I'm not sure who who they were playing, but I did not watch it. I watched the Hawaii game, and it was 
that was a tough watch too. I mean, there was a, there was delays. There was a lot of mitigating factors in there, but still, at some point, you should be you should be you're a better team than them. You were favored. Well, no, I mean the, they, two touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean that that the truth of the matter is that like they lost the fourth quarter against Hawaii, and they did it by a couple touchdowns. Like that's a red flag for me, straight up. It was passer curfew, Graham. Well, you know. Vandy kids got to be in class. Mrs. Dogstats is yes, Mrs. Dogstats is a Vandy Vandy Commodore. So she won't watch. She will not watch this. She will definitely not be an hour and four minutes into this podcast. (laughs) Uh, God bless anyone who is. Yeah, you. Sorry, guys. Uh, Baylor versus Utah. Baylor is only a seven and a half point dog at home after Utah beat Florida and Baylor got housed by Texas state. To me, this is a red flag line. Um, not sure if cam rising is back or not. I would guess that this line is probably assuming that he isn't. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it, man. You know, we, you and I talked off air before the show about some of these kind of Easter egg lines that Vegas leaves around. This thing stinks to high heaven. I'm taking the, the bears plus seven and a half at home. Yeah. I like that too. Um, you know, as, as we enjoyed that, that even, even having thought, even putting, uh, picking Florida, I, it was fun to kind of watch the misery there. I don't against Utah, but that Utah team was not, didn't, didn't do much to impress me, especially offensively and stuff. If cam comes back, sure. I would boost it up a little bit, but still, uh, I, I, I just think that Baylor, yeah, give me seven. And a half I mean, with that too. the issue for Baylor against Utah, or I'm sorry, against Texas State, was giving up big pass plays, which is embarrassing. But let's be honest, man, like that's not really, that's not really how uh, how Utah is going to operate, especially if they're still on the backup quarterback. Like I know he did hit the 75 yarder, which was a beautiful throw, but they didn't do a large uh, amount of, you know, they didn't do much through the air. It was one big explosive, really. So I'm just saying Baylor gave up 298 through the air last week against Texas State. Um, on the flip side, they did give up 150 on the ground, but it was 4.3 yards of carry. I don't know. Uh, this, is I a sickos that, game. this is like a sickos game. It, it's, yeah. It, um, but I, I mean, threw for four sixteen last week, dude. Oof. Dang. Yeah. Um. And they lost. Shit. I might be wrong about this. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm probably gonna stay away from that. You don't have to bet at all. You don't. <laughs> you don't have to bet them all. It's, I mean, it's not, a good game. That is not what I told myself this morning when I all woke right. up. Can I spin a little narrative because uh, the Pac-12 and Big 12 are a lot of games crossing over. Just imagine if Utah and Oregon and Washington, and I think Oregon State, too, uh, take care of business. And the the last year of, of the Pac-12 is off to a rocking start with with big wins. I mean, there's there's another narrative. If I mean, if Texas is back and the Pac-12 is back, I mean, and the SEC is down, it's like – it's it's the uh, the college football dream outside the southeast. 
you're right. It is. Um, be interesting to see. It's, I think it's possible. I think it's very possible, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, Notre- I think you, you, Utah is the better team, but there's a lot of they got it's it's a tough tough setup for them for sure. Notre Dame versus NC State. Uh, Wolfpack is a seven and a half point dog. I'll just go ahead and tip my hand now. Uh, I like NC State in this game. I bet against them last week. I took I took UConn plus 14 and a half. Catch that bad boy. Uh, that was a line that stunk. This line kind of stinks too. The reality is that NC State was very – I thought they, they played actually a pretty efficient game on offense against UConn. Uh, you've got it here on your chart, 59.7% offensive success rate usually translates to more than the points that they scored. Uh, well, look at that EPA. This is kind of a good example. It, it is that EPA down on that lower kind of tells you, yeah, not a big lot of not a lot of explosive plays. It's a zero uh, percent explosive rate in the past. Yeah. yeah. So that tells me that, that, that right there, if you want to look at that stat, you can be like, hey, you're going to NC State's going to need to be able to move the ball a lot to get in scoring position to get scoring opportunities. Hope I didn't just lose Graham because I am not. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, good, good, good. Sorry. Yeah, so that that tells you right there they're going to need a lot of plays. On then you're getting more plays than usual than your average team to get in scoring opportunities. That's how I would interpret it, interpret that on a very small sample size. High success rate, low P, EPA. Gotcha. I mean Notre Dame was impressive against Navy. I don't know how much we can really tell in the long run from that game. I I, I have always liked Sam Hartman. I still like Sam Hartman, but. Um, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go NC state, uh, plus the seven and a half here, especially cause, uh, they get, they get the, the Irish at home in Raleigh. I think that helps their cause. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lay the points. I don't like the hook for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like the fact that Notre Dame's played two games already. That's true. That definitely helps. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I I, I mean, feel like NC State has a history of playing games like this closely and losing. Like I could see them losing this yeah, game yeah. like 28-24 or something like that. I don't think they I don't think they have a I don't think they're going to win it. I could see this being a backdoor cover type situation even where they, you know, score a touchdown with 45 yeah, minutes left and I I expect this to be a statement game defensively from Notre Dame, and if it's not a if it's not a statement game, and like you say, there's a backdoor cover there, then I think we can sort of start to pump the brakes on the NC uh, on the Notre Dame playoff hype. Fair enough. Um, I, is there any game you want to go to on the board? Uh, is there anything that you had like particular interest in? Yeah, I want to just jump into the Oregon if you can find Oregon in there. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's interesting just for the statistical anomaly of what they did. <laughs> I mean, granted, it they was really did something. Crazy. It was Portland State, and I mean, like if if you go back into some of my blog posts and see some similar graphs, you'll see some Georgia games that were outliers. One of which was Georgia versus Oregon last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, just way up offensively in the top right, but also way down on top left. Interesting, also is you don't have to pull it up, but just. Let me just hype it. Go go to dogcentral.com. Go to find the dog stats blog. You'll see all these graphs in there. And you can see. Got I think it. it's kind of, yeah, there it is. Yeah. See way up top right. 
massive offensive EPA, massive offensive success rate. And defensively, I mean, it's Portland State. That's what I think everyone in Georgia Twitter wanted to see from us, but whatever. Um, But, you know, and also Syracuse, that bottom way down on the defensive success rate, uh, bottom left was Syracuse had under allowed under 10% success rate to, I think it was Cornell. So it it is, uh, I mean, we're, again, dealing with small sample sizes. As we go through the season, I'm going to be adding per games on there, and I'll kind of show you guys where where they are relative. I think the Wisconsin-Illinois game, you'll see those two teams bunched up in the middle, so that you expect that to be a – Kind of a slugfest tight game late you in the fourth quarter. Kansas, Illinois. Kansas, Illinois. Who's Wisconsin's another one too? Wisconsin, Wisconsin Washington State. Yeah. Wa- yeah, Washington State. Oh yeah, there's one of my Pac-12 games. Yeah, I like um, Wazoo in that game plus six. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're. I can see that too. I just, I, I don't. You know, it's been a minute since I've been a believer in in Wisconsin winning big games uh, out of conference. Fair um, enough. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. So yeah, man. Thanks for bringing my stuff up on the screen. It was fun doing it. And uh, if you did buy my guide and, and, and use a code from dog central, if you got it, you should check your email. Cause you've got the PDF, which is kind of cool. Cause nice. you can scroll through it. You're not stuck in JPEGs on a website. Um, and also if you're in dog central subscriber, you can get that in the forum for free and all the graphs and all the stats and all the JPEGs are in my blog, which is free. So thank you for letting me park my stuff there, Graham. Totally. All right. Quick rapid fire real quick for you. Yeah. A couple games. Ole Miss minus seven against Tulane. Uh, Give me Tulane. I I would, if I were betting that I'd probably buy it by a hook. Mm, Okay. I like it. Iowa minus four and a half against Iowa state under over of 36 and a half points. Sickest game of the week. I'll take the under six. Um, <laughs> you can't cover five and a half if you can't score seven. Um, that's very true. Yeah, I think I was a better team. Um, I think Iowa State's so I can and, and that offense is motivated by the uh, OC's um clause to score 25 a game or whatever, <laughs> dude. And they didn't score that last week against Utah uh, State, man. Um, yeah, now I. I would not touch that game with a 10-foot pole with my money, but um, I, I think Iowa – I can see Iowa covering that. I think it's going to be Iowa as well. I think it's going to be – who I don't know. There's a chance there's not a touchdown scored in that game. That's very possible. Uh, <laughs> Texas A&M uh, on the road at Miami, favored by three and a half. I, I think Texas A&M's legit. Last week did nothing to dissuade me from that. I actually feel like it's even more likely now. Uh is there anything you know about Miami that that's a red they look, flag? Uh, they looked good offensively last week. Um, mm-hmm. I actually watched a little bit of that game. Had some explosive plays. Some of their playmakers got some room and and executed. Uh, that game's in Coral Gables, right? Uh, so yes, they're yes. they are begging people to show up. Um, I, I saw can they see. were giving free tickets to the Georgia Tech game if you show up for this game. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's, it's I'm not even joking. It was a real thing. <laughs> Oh, wow. um so I, I, that that's an interesting game i really do i'm I, I just not ready to i mean both these teams are just train wrecks you know narrative wise um both both need a big win uh even you know everyone thought last year's big win was something but it turned out to be nothing so um i would have guessed a&m preseason but 
I'll, I'll take what's the three and I'm getting three and a half if I take Miami. Yes. Yeah, I'll take three and a half at home. Give me the home right. dog. Let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, we talked about Oregon, Texas Tech already. Did you like Oregon in that game? Yeah, Texas Tech is kind of a. I mean, that Wyoming game like was pretty wild. Uh, I think Oregon's on a mission, and I can I can see that being uh, getting out of hand early. Fair enough. Um, I do like uh, I do like Southern Miss plus thirty one against Florida State. I think there's going to be a little uh, you know kind of hangover for them. I don't think it'll be close, but I think Southern Miss is a well coached football team, and they'll you know keep it within thirty one. Um, Arizona coming all the way out to Mississippi State. Bulldogs favored by nine and a half. I have no idea what to make of that game, but I'm kind of excited to watch it. I think Jed Fish has quietly done a decent job. Oh, UCF Boise. Uh, Central Florida going all the way out to the land of spuds. Uh, They are a three and a half point favorite on the blue turf. Who do you like? Uh, I like UCF to – I mean – I, I like UCF in that game uh, to win, but this will be a good test. We pointed out when we did – I think we did – yeah, we did a Big 12 preview that uh, UCF has no back-to-back home games, and they're going to be traveling a bunch. So this will be interesting to see how they handle that, um, especially early. Um, is that at altitude, by the way? Uh, Boise yeah, Boise's, Boise's up there. It's not crazy. Let's Let's see. I mean, it's definitely in the Rocky Mountains, but it's kind of like on the – Oh no, it's not. It's only twenty seven hundred feet. I'm sorry. Well, from from sea level to twenty seven hundred, it's not nothing. But it's not nothing. But it's not. But yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, it'll, that'll be the interesting thing there. It's like if if you if if they don't look great, if they look out of sorts, and that that travel, it may be something to make note of later in the season as they go back and forth all over the country. I like it. All right, man. Well, this was fun. Uh, always enjoy getting on here and riffing. Uh, you know. I know this isn't the most, uh, you know, we're not totally organized on on this kind of show. We're just sort of picking games and and honestly taking advantage of this really great uh, PDF type content that you made. So it's fun to do it. Uh, you know, I feel like there's some some good insights that we are able to hit, even if uh, you don't want to tail our picks. Which you know, this is not financial advice. In case we haven't said that. Um, we're teaching people to fish here, Graham. We want them to look at the stats, take their yeah, own eyeballs, totally. their own narratives, and look at these numbers and and just see and see and have some fun. Uh, I'm a I'm a bull pick 'em, you know, kind of guy myself. I don't bet a lot of money, so it's it's fun to look at this stuff. I know I'm going to start doing some score predictions at some point. So I, I I thought we did a pretty good job running around, and I certainly had fun doing it. So I yeah, and, I did too. And I you know I think like you said, that's a like and. There was a, a such freedom that came to me at, at a point, you know, I don't know, a few years ago, uh, kind of around the time that you and I started doing this together where you realize like, oh, I don't have to go listen to a bunch of podcasts and try to like hear other people's picks. Like I have access to the same information that they do, you know, and, and in a lot of cases, uh, I'm willing to do more research and spend more time in in terms of, you know, picking these games and finding the right answer. And once that clicks, it's like, okay, let's roll. So, um, 
Yeah, man. I enjoyed it. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for uh, taking the time to make the the charts and uh, spending the time with me on here and uh, above all and enjoy the games on Saturday. All right. We're about to kick off the NFL too. So uh, that's right. Uh, go Lions. Why not? Go Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell, man's man. <laughs> Thanks, Graham.